Hello and welcome to the Wave of the Roger. This podcast um, is is a symbol for new beginnings. It's a uh, you know the phoenix that arose from the ashes of my complete um, inability to plan ahead and to uh, actually do any kind of prior research. Um, you would have thought a guy who was going to do a podcast was going to pr- was it would at least you know make sure that there wasn't any other podcast under the same name, um, uh, but that's what happened. So I made two episodes, and then I was like, you know what? Let me Google to see if there's one that's going to come up, and it did. It came up. It came up. The Drunken Disorderly Podcast is already a thing, um, and apparently it's about a, it's a it's a gr- group of guys who sit around, they get drunk on their podcast and disorderly. See, mine was more metaphorical. Um, uh, theirs is more literal. Um, no, no, no disrespect to them, of course, because they've obviously done, been doing their thing for years. Um, they sit around, they get drunk, and they uh, kind of go no-holds-barred any kind of topics they talk about. So it's kind of along the same lines of what this was, other than I'm not drunk. I just talk about what it was like being drunk. Um, oh, yeah, so, you know, that's, that just goes to show you how much of a fucking idiot I am. Um, so I had to kind of restructure. I found a new name, which is also the name of my, um, for those gamers out there who want to add me on my PS5, uh, Wave of the Rager, no spaces, is my um, PSN account name. I mean, I'm never going to play with you online because I hate online gaming. You just have to create an account, and that's what I chose. It was better than my previous one, Mikey Buckets. 31. What the fuck was that, Mikey Buckets? To me, it made sense because Buckets... When you get buckets in basketball, it means you score points. You score a lot of points. But to the untrained eye, you're just like, what the fuck is you? Are you, are you, are you, are you clean windows? What's going on with this? Huh? Buckets. Do you mop floors? Huh? No. But yeah, there you go. So, um, <clears throat> had to ref- I had to figure it out again. I had to uh, consider what I was going to be called and how I was going to do it. And uh, I actually went a little bit further with it this time. I uh, researched how to get my stuff onto Spotify, which was uh, pretty cool. Um, it's going to be kind of surreal if I do. Um, I even bought, I even purchased a domain, domain main. It's mycalledislee.co.uk. Obviously, I haven't got a website. I've just purchased a domain, which is good for a year. So, you know, I've got a year to really get my stuff together and uh, figure out how I want to take this and what direction I want to go in. You know, so I'm making moves, you know, and uh, I went on this page that I can uh, really, I can um, actually make my podcast official, you know, copyright it, everything like that. So what you're hearing, you're not allowed to play it without my prior permission, okay? This cannot be subjected to copyright or to, you know, you can't, what do they say in the beginning of films, you know, you can't play this in any public theatre or like, you know, not like you're going to, and I don't expect anyone who will do that, because I just, I generally don't, I mean, I'm lucky if I get one person listening to this, and that's probably going to be me when I listen back, um, yeah, yeah, that's, uh, so the welcome to the wave of the rager, and that's, uh, that's what this is going to be, that's what this is going to be, um, so, I don't know, I'm still sleep deprived. I'm still trying to figure out how to structure my life around night work. But you know what? I realise how much I love my job. I really do. Because, you know, I work in one of those, like, distribution places, distribution centres, which is basically a polite way of saying, uh, or like a posh way of saying that I pick and I pack random goods to go to random people. And I do that eight hours a day. 
but luckily the place I'm at, you know, there's so many different areas of the business that I can actually, I don't have to worry about doing the same thing day after day after day. You know, they'll put me in different areas, they'll put me in different locations, and I get to meet different people. And the group of people, the types of people that work where I work, are the most diverse and hilarious group of people. You know, they're all either like, you know, young kids, this is their first job, there's, they're about to go to uni, some of them are like, you know, they want to be musicians or actors or performers, and you know, some of them like work with like performing arts and they, they do pantomime on, their, on the weekends and then they work there during the week and they like the flexibility. Some of them are like drug addicts or alcoholics and society basically just gave up on them. <clears throat> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, some of them are like, you know, recently divorced older men who like probably just moved into a bedsit and trying to figure out how to make ends meet. And everyone brings a little dose of insanity to, to, to their work. You know, I actually thought, I don't have to worry about fitting in because like everyone's just on the same wavelength. Everyone is just completely nuts in their own perfectly good ways. You know, there's a one there's one guy who uh just literally will talk like argue with himself and just talk and like you can't understand what he's saying because he's got this really thick I don't know if it's like northern or it's Irish. I really can't pinpoint where where it's from. And he just chats to himself all day long. He walks around pulling his little pump truck and he's just blabbering his mouth, blabbering his mouth, and then when he tries to talk to you you're just like, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Because it's just, oh, uh, make sure you do that, yeah? And you're like, huh? Like you, just, you only pick up like one or two words from everything he ever says. And like, I don't know. It's just like, you just have to kind of use his, like, you have to use nuance to kind of see exactly what he's trying to say. You, you understand one or two of the words that he says. And then that's pretty much about it. You kind of just got to go from there and just hope for the best that you're doing what he's asked or doing whatever he said uh, he's not a boss or anything he's just a guy but you know <laughs> I don't know and then there's um, and that always makes me feel better because I'm someone who talks to myself I think everybody in one way or another talks to themselves um, and it's actually one of the beautiful things about technology now because this is going to sound completely insane but I've figured out a way that I can talk to myself in public out loud around the public and people won't really know. They might have a clue or might have an idea or they might look at me funny. But because of technology, as long as you've got headphones in your ears, right? they don't know if I'm on the phone or not. They don't know if I'm talking to anybody. They don't know. I'm on hands free, huh? This is how it is. I'm just chatting away. And you know, it helps because I actually go through little comedy routines. I like, I'll, anything I think, I'll kind of say it out loud, kind of hear it out and kind of try and formulate how I want to work it. And... Um, you know, anyone who's like going to be around, who I just walk past in the street, if I'm just saying something, it just sounds like you're hearing my side of the conversation. But if you hang around and see it for a little bit longer, you're going to end up thinking, Jesus, this guy doesn't shut up. That poor guy he's talking to, he can't get a word in. <laughs> so every now and then I'll just be, I'll stop what I'm saying. I'll just be like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm answering what somebody else is saying because I'm that insane. I'm that absolutely insane. But, um, Another thing, I oh Jesus, I uh, I can't stand pop music. Like I just can't, I can't, I can't do it. And the radio in general, like the radio is just, it's mad. Like everyone's bonkers. Who like either radio presenters, the music they choose, the way they interact with the public. Like they had this millionaire question thing. Like you know, like 
you enter the finalists and the the questions they ask you are the most ridiculous questions it's like oh who's currently on their world tour leading to their first um show in however many years is it little mix or sugar babes sugar babes haven't been around since i was like 13 years old who do you think it's gonna be and it was like Oh, what was this? It was like, what show is currently going on in Los Angeles, California? What music event? Is it Coachella or is it Glastonbury? And the guy's like, uh, yeah, Coachella. And the presenter's like, are you sure? Are you sure? And the guy's like, yeah, I'm pretty positive, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And then there you go, you're into the finals for winning a million pounds. I was like, why didn't they call me? I could have got that right. But um, the adverts as well, I hate jingles, I hate radio jingles, I just, I think they're the most ridiculous and stupid and, like, I don't know, like, they just, they're so, like, condescending. But there was this one advert, right, I won't say what car company it was for, um, but it was talking about, like, hey, why waste time on all those dating sites trying to find your perfect partner? Come down to our dealership and you'll find one there and then and there. And I'm like... What are they trying to do? They're trying to convince you, don't find a woman or a man, you know, don't waste time on Tinder or any of those things, trying to get laid or trying to find a, a, a trying to be in a relationship with a human being. Come down and start a new relationship. Like, this is what they said, like, begin your new relationship with one of our cars at blah, 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 automobiles or whatever. And uh, I'm just like, that's messed up. Do you know how many people that's going to convince? I remember seeing this... Uh, you know those um, Channel 4 documentaries? It's always just like, the boy with teeth in his anus. And like it's just like a two hour, an hour long, like weird ass documentary about some guy with really fucked up problems or like a group of people or whatever. And I remember watching one about like, I can't remember what it was called. It's probably called like Love and Oil or something or like Love and Motors. And it was like, it was about men because there weren't any women doing it, believe me. It was men, weird little like hermit, men who like you know had no like you know had no social skills whatsoever who would buy their cars these old these old classic cars sometimes or whatever and they would actually in, in they would engage in romantic relationships with these cars they'd give them cute little pet names they'd um they'd um you know go out on dates with them you know <laughs> And there was a point in one of these things that uh, the guy was talking about actually having sex with his car, and how in, how he, how he enjoys to um, <clears throat> ejaculate over the car, and then kind of spoon with it. And uh, you know the car's just say like, vroom, vroom. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I just yeah, it just it just reminded me of that. It's just like yeah, don't don't find a woman, just come down and get a car, and you know. Have sex with that instead, you fucking weirdos. Ah, oh, Jesus, people are so nuts. Um, the fact that people do stuff like that and they make documentaries, like what I started getting into recently was um, looking at all these American cults. I mean, we don't really have them in England. I mean, I think the closest thing we have is probably like the EDL when it comes to like these insane people that believe ridiculous things. Um, <laughs> but there was this one... You know, there's so many in America, you know, and everyone's heard about the Jonestown Massacre and stuff like that. These somehow charismatic people can, you know, manipulate the minds of these followers who just, you know, end up killing themselves. And it always ends in suicide. It's like, oh, 
we will believe we will transcend this earth and we will be delivered to the promised land and this one that I'm about to talk about was so surreal it's, it's called Heaven's Gate and um, it was basically founded by two people who believed that they'd um, already met or knew each other I think one of them was married and one of them was just a guy and they believed that they already knew each other and they'd, they'd met in a previous life and um, so they kind of embarked on this journey to kind of bring people over and it was all about transcending to a higher existence a higher a higher level of being and um, they believed that this that it, that aliens were going to come and take them away it's kind of like a rapture um, <laughs> they somehow convinced like initially like 20 30 people just to kind of you know let go of all their worldly belongings including their family and kids and everything their husbands wives whatever and just follow them around the American United States and uh, you know they believed um, in complete celibacy to the point that they actually would castrate themselves cut their dicks and balls off and maybe stitched up the um, you know vagina and um, oh, why did I do that and um, yeah uh, that's what they believed and they believed that if they continued on this way of life that there was this comet come in and out the day of the comet they would ascend to this hilltop and you know the aliens were going to come and take them away and take them to this you know utopic utopia of existence I don't know um, ironically <laughs> they believed this so firmly that unfortunately one of them actually suffered cancer and died and um, funnily enough you know they realized, you know, the, the remaining founder realized that what he had actually been believing the whole time. Oh no, that couldn't be correct. No, what it really was was, um, you know, you don't because you, what they initially believed was that your body and your flesh transcends. And they were like, oh no, what it is is the spirit. So they, she, this woman died. Yeah, our founder died, and now you know she, her spirit's been taken. That's what it is. She was taken sooner than the rest of us because she needed to, uh, you know, go lay the groundwork and you know make preparations for everyone else to come along, and. Um, they done this thing where they found this. They rented this house out in California. Uh, they boarded up all the windows, locked locked everyone inside, and they all dressed the same. Like I think it was like black suits, black ties, black shirts, and um, they all had these white Nike trainers on. And uh, <laughs> funnily enough, to me, when I read why they had Nike trainers, the founder who planned all of this said that he was actually a fan of Nike and that he got a really good deal. Uh, when he bought bulk of about six, like about thirty pairs of them, and I just thought, you know, you believe in all this, you know, forget all your worldly possessions, but you know, you're a pair, got to wear a pair, all got to wear matching white Nike trainers, you know. And funny enough, after after the event, Nike stopped selling these type of trainers um, because you know they were going to be forever linked to this travesty. Um, and what they ended up doing was uh, basically a mass suicide. They all ate kind of some sort of sedative mixed in with apple apple juice or apple sauce and uh, then they just put carrier bags over their head and suffocated themselves this is what the sad thing is one person would do it to another person right so if I ate the sauce and then someone else would put the bag over my head suffocate me and I'd be dead right and then um, it gets all the way down the line but what happens when you're the last one left the founder wasn't actually the last one left he was like the third or the second one to die so you're that last guy in that room 
and you're looking around at all these dead people, do you still have that sense of belief that like, oh, they're all finally free? Or are you like, oh my god, what the fuck have I done and where am I, what am I involved in? How would that thought not go through your head? What the hell am I doing? Everyone's dead. I'm the only one alive. This does not look good. Clearly you'd just kill yourself because you're just going to be an accessory to all of that stuff and no one's going to believe that you were, you're, you know, you killed all these people. What else are you going to do? You're going to be sentenced to death anyway. So yeah, you may as well hope to hope for the best and make maybe the guy's right. You never know. Maybe he was right all along. You know, and you, they they all did that, and now they're living happily forever after on this spaceship circling the globes. But um, yeah, we'll never be too sure, will we? We'll never be sure. I never know. I never know. It's, it, the fact that people can get to that point um, is is beyond me. It really is. Um, you know, there's religion. That's one thing. You know, but then there's you know. Then there's this. You know, you look at Scientology as well. Like, I actually did some research into that, and do you know, I was surprised because all I've ever heard from about Scientology is, you know, Tom Cruise and it's more crazy and it's like everyone's nuts. But like, when you actually look at the, but it's just like every religion, okay? If you look at the fundamental, like reasoning behind all of it, it actually kind of makes sense. You know, it's like it's this journey towards becoming clear, and it's like that just basically means. Your mind, your body, your soul is all kind of cleansed from sin and like cleansed from the attachment that are that makes us kind of that human defect that we have, you know, jealousy, envy, pride, you know, ego, all that stuff is like been stripped, stripped away and we can, we can just exist and be happy. Now, I don't know how possible that is. I've tried. Part of my recovery journey was to try and strip my ego back, get all that stuff away, but my ego is way too strong. It's the same, my ego is the reason why I'm sat here in my room by myself, talking into my phone, and in my brain, eventually, hundreds of people are going to be listening to this and saying, oh, that guy, he's, he's, he's funny, yeah, I like listening to him, yeah, yeah, twice a week, yeah, can't get enough, Jesus. <laughs> Well, you know, that's what it's going to be. Um, I'm, uh, I, oh, I'm actually going to promote this now. I, uh, I have my very first uh, open mic show, Saturday the 30th of April at 8 o'clock. Um, and I can't wait. I've been, I, booked the t I booked the spot like a month ago. So I've had all this nervous energy building up and building up and building up. It gets closer and closer and closer. Now, the funny thing about it is... Um, it's not a comedy specific show, it's an open mic event, like it's people there are going to be doing like, people there are going to be musicians, people there are going to be, uh, I don't know, I don't know, I guess most people will be wanting to play music. And then there's me who's going to bumble out on stage, yeah, with no real comedy or like, or like musical or creative talent. And I'm just going to try and make a fool out of myself for 10 minutes. I guess that's not a problem, right? I mean, I, I guess that's okay, but I just think, Jesus, is that really the place for me to be? But this is where I need to understand that these little experiences are going to be vital for me in the future going forward. Hopefully it's going to be the first of many. I'm hoping to kind of get a few gigs in and around London. I've been I've been tirelessly searching for places that do open mics. There's a couple in Chesham, there's a couple, you know, on the way into London, Beaconsfield, stuff like that. Even one in Tring, but that's like a real well-established one. So I don't know, I just, this is why I need to get my driving sorted. I just want to travel the country and just go from place to place and just you know, act like a clown for half an hour and then um, see how far I can get, really. Um, it's kind of what I want to do.
so we'll see we'll see um i'm kind of running out of things to say here uh <laughs> i've done what i wanted to say anyway so yeah 30th of april this so like literally in a few days uh it's gonna be miracle break time you know and the th thing i gotta do is just show up you know in my head obviously i'm playing out all these various scenarios but really i won't know until i get there I don't know what it's going to be like, and it might be amazing. It probably is going to be an amazing experience, you know? I'm just worried that I'm going to, like, try and step up onto the stage and, like, trip over. I'll try and play that into part of my act or something. Like, ta-da! I'll get up and do a cartwheel and then, you know, start juggling apples. I don't know. But, you know, I'm rambling. I know I said as well in previous episodes, um, I'm going to talk about my hospitalisation. Um, you know, I'm still sober. It's been going strong, and I love it. Um... You know, it's only the first piece of the puzzle for me really sorting my life out. I, I won't be able to achieve anything unless I stay sober. Um, you know, anything that matters anyway. You know, I'm pretty sure I could still drink and be a comedian, but um, it's, it's, you know, it's the relationship with my daughter. It's my working relationships with my friends, my family, the being at work, going to work, doing all these responsible human being things that an adult male should be able to do, you know? Instead of sitting around blaming the world because man, like oh, I was born like this and that's why I'm like this and uh. like it's, it's, it's that 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 ship has sailed, man. That ship is long gone. Um, so that's what this is, you know. It's not a long one, I know, but it's getting slightly longer. I'm now up to twenty nine and twenty one and a half minutes, um, and I don't know if this has been remotely funny. I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't really prepared, but I knew I had to get one done. I'm trying to do two a week, so I'll try and get the next one a bit more entertaining. Maybe I'm being hard on myself, um, you know. So, you know, as I said, new beginnings, you know. Everything's going to be fresh. Everything's going to be new, you know. This Saturday will be uh, the real test for my true new beginnings, you know. If I can get there, if I can get on stage, if I can do it and I can enjoy it, I can engage with the audience. That's why I'm doing this. This is what I help. This is what will help me to kind of think on my feet and to kind of... Uh, try and be moderately entertaining or funny you know I mean, what have I talked about talking to myself putting headphones on when I'm out in the street Jesus it is kind of crazy but yeah the people I work with I love them I love my job I love the opportunity that I'm having right now and it all, all is because I'm sober so again I will say this if you ain't got a drinking problem then bottoms up if you do don't bottom out be like me, get the help you need before it's too late. Yeah, and for me it nearly, almost nearly was, you know. My sister's evidence of that. But, um, <laughs> what a goddamn ordeal that was. Anyway, that was, that was over a year ago now, and uh, life, is on, life is moving up. And I don't know how I'm going to end this thing, because it just seems like I'm going to keep talking. So uh, that's it, I'm done. Thank you for listening, and uh, have a great week.